Welcome to It's Gwinnable, the podcast of my journey to become the best woman, wife, and mother that I can be. Okay, we're going to jump right in this week because I was thinking this was going to be the last New Year's resolution episode, um, but I was writing out just a couple like the things I had left on the list that we hadn't talked about yet, and I realized it's a little bit more than I thought it was, so we're going to see if we can get through it all today and if not we might have one more kind of finishing up episode so we'll just dive kind of right in Um, the tip to try that I'm recommending this week is to get outside Um, I don't know whereabouts you are but here it's been beautiful this week it was 18 degrees yesterday in our backyard Um, just absolutely gorgeous sunshiny weather and it just reminded me we got a lot more yard work done this week and just it's that was the happiest I've been all week and I don't think of myself as an outdoorsy person um I'm not like a nature loving hike loving spend time outdoors biking kind of girl um I like couches and books and cups of tea but uh the happiest I've been all week was the time that we spent outside we spent about four hours outside the one day and I think about two and a half ish hours the day before that and it was just like the sense of accomplishment that I felt like getting more yard work and stuff done but also just being outside in the fresh air and the sunshine Um, I forgot how much of an impact that can have on a lot of things Um, like 15 like 10 to 15 minutes outside a day can improve anxiety depression tension headaches insomnia indigestion irritability and if you have kids added bonus of helping them burn off some energy tire them out so it's just a really great all-around thing so the tip to try this week definitely just even like you know maybe you're not up for doing a bunch of yard work or going for a really long walk or whatever but you know drag your kitchen chair out and just sit outside and have a glass of water or cup of tea or cup of coffee or read a book for a little bit or something like that just get yourself outside and get some fresh air because man it's great Um, okay so here we go Um, the last couple things on my list of new year's resolutions or habit changes that I'm trying to make this year um, they seem smaller to me Um, I have always been a really big reader so I wanted reading to go on my list this year just because the last couple years I'd say since Robin and I started dating and then especially after we got married and then dramatically after Rupert was born I've just done less and less reading every year Um, I use Goodreads um, which is an app and a website to track the books I read any new books if it's a book I've read a thousand times like Pride and Prejudice but I read it every year usually around Christmas time it doesn't get counted it only counts um, new books that I'm entering in for the first time Uh, but I've kept track of it there for years and years now Um, and towards the end of last year when I was thinking I wasn't really doing a whole lot for myself and was feeling kind of bummed about it I was just like you know what I used to love setting reading goals for myself and then smashing them uh, thanks to probably the book it program I don't know if it ran when you were in school but Pizza Hut partnered with my elementary school with a book it program which basically meant that at the beginning of the month you sat down with your teacher and she helped you pick a goal so for most kids in my fourth grade class um, it was like 25 to 75 pages of a novel in a month 
And if you met, met your goal, uh, your teacher would sign off that you met your goal and you could take it over to Pizza Hut and they would give you a free personal pan pizza, which is awesome. Um, I grew up without a television, so I read a lot. Um, so my goal, I remember the one month she, we sat down to, to pick a goal and we decided that I would read the entire um, series of the Chronicles of Narnia, all seven books, which is roughly 2,000 pages. Um, and I, I managed, like, she thought it was, might be kind of a big goal. And I was like, nope, I can do this. And I did it in the first week. <laughs> and eventually, after a couple months, both my brother and I were asked not to participate in the <laughs> Book It program anymore. Um, Pizza Hut decided we had had enough pizzas. Um, and we were no longer welcome to participate, which is too bad. Um, but I, I just, I've always read kind of a lot, um, over the years. And I was looking back at the tail end of last year at my Goodreads goals, and it'll show you how many books you entered in each year. And it kind of, the peak for me, um, it was 2013. I read 216 new books that year. Um, it was the year that I got, um, an electronic uh, reader so I could put books on that and just have one thing to carry around with me rather than lugging around several different hardcover paperback books so I it was a lot easier just to pull it out and read in my spare moment here and there um, but since I've had Rupert I've only been rereading books that I've already read so I haven't been entering in anything new uh, as far as a new book goes it just was a lot easier for me if I could just drop it and run to Rupert or that kind of thing if it's something that I had already read before. Um, so I made it a goal for 2020 to read one fictional book for fun a month and then one non-fiction book um, on whatever topic um, I was finding interesting in the moment sort of a thing. I've read a book um, about a person's story growing up in Germany during World War II. I've read a couple of books on finances and um, what else that I have I read so far this year in the nonfiction area. I know there's another one and it's slipping my mind right now. But so keeping on track with that, and I thought that's fairly simple. It'll mean I've read 24 kind of new books this year. And so it won't be too much of a stretch, but it'll also be a little bit more structured. I have a tendency to read what I call junk food for the brain. Um, really quick books that you can read in like an hour and a half-ish um, that are just kind of, you know, fun but not really instructive. Which leads me to the next kind of thing on my list, which is being more careful with what I spend my time on. I know that they have been saying for years, you know, the five people you spend the most time with are going to be the people that you're most like. And I just realized that that also includes what we choose to, or at least what I choose to immerse myself in. So if I'm, I had, I got into a bit of a funk a couple months ago and I'm like, what is going on with me? I just feel kind of meh. And I realized that I was listening to a lot of true crime podcasts or when Rupert was napping, I was watching um, like true crime documentaries and stuff like that. So I was just like immersing myself in, you know, it's interesting I find like I do like it which is why I was doing it but I found that just like immersing myself completely in it anytime that I was 
like on my own or Rupert was doing something else if I had an earbud in or something like that because I don't think it's something that he necessarily needs to be listening to but um, I just realized I was like completely immersing myself in it and it was impacting just my general mood and outlook on life and things like that so I'm trying to be more careful with what I spend my time on and my alone time is a precious commodity these days so you know deciding if I really want to spend spend it on that or if I want to spend it on educating myself or knocking something off my list instead so I'm just trying to be more mindful of that um, that it'll be a slow work in progress but a part of that is also that I want to be more careful with my words I want to be more careful in the way that I talk about myself or talk to myself um, out loud it's you know like there are certain things that I say to myself that I kids are like little sponges and just being aware that like Rupert's in earshot if I'm saying I'm fat or if I'm saying I'm stupid or lazy or incapable of completing whatever task you know like I have a tendency to be really hard on myself if I drop something I don't just go oh, okay I dropped it I'm gonna pick it up I go oh my gosh you stupid moron why did you have to you know and then I kind of go off on myself so I'm trying to be more careful with the words that I'm using um the words that I'm using to describe myself or talk to myself or about others too because our words have a larger impact I think than we typically realize and I just am trying to be more mindful of that too so that's something else that's on my New Year's resolution habit changing list. Um, I also wanted to, part of the reason I was reading finance books, is work a little bit harder on budgeting. Um, money management is not something that really ever got discussed when I was in school. We didn't really do any learning on that, which I think is a mistake. I think that that's something more important than a lot of the things that we're learning in school these days, or at least when I was in school, um, not too much of it is something I use on a day-to-day basis, but man, it sure would be handy to have more life skills as far as that kind of thing. I think it's a shame that a lot of schools have canceled home ec and like, you know, life skill learning types of classes. But um, so yeah, so money management wasn't really something discussed at home too much and it wasn't something I learned in school at all. So it's something that I'm needing to teach myself as an adult. And I just want to spend time this year, and I've already done some work on it, getting a concrete budget that works for us that um, I'm really interested in the idea of, and the word is slipping my mind right now, um, sinking funds. So uh, if you have an expense like Christmas that's going to come up every year, um, and every year I say, like, we're going to set some money aside every month for Christmas and every year something comes up and we don't, but, um, something like that, or if you pay your car insurance all at once versus paying monthly, uh, it is actually a little bit cheaper, but of course then you have to have the money to pay your entire year up front. Uh, so just some things like that I'd like to start working towards and putting a plan in place to kind of start, um, sorting some stuff out and getting some things in order and just making our lives a little bit easier. I think a lot of people are finding with the current world situation and dealing with the pandemic and a lot of people having one or more um, household earners out of a job right now, I think it's going to change a lot of people's mindset on how they look at money or how they look at their budget. And I'm thinking hopefully for the better. I mean, I was already starting to look at this stuff and now all of this has happened to actually have some library books right now that I was, had taken out to read. And of course the library is closed 
and they've asked us not to return any materials right now. So I'm getting a little bit of extra bonus time with the financial books I took out. Um, but really just putting some, some measures in place so that the next time there's a pandemic, we'll be a little bit more prepared or, you know, the, the next time we want to take a family trip, um, we can do that or that kind of thing. Right. So, um, just want to take a better look at our budget. And the last thing on my new year's resolution habit changing list, um, is family related. So Robin and I started working on it when we got married, kind of what our family traditions around holidays were going to look like. Um, it's different for every couple. You kind of got to work out what works for you. I know a lot of people will do like Thanksgiving with his side of the family and then Christmas with her side of the family. And then the following year they'll switch it, um, so that they're spending time with each family on each holiday. Um, for Robin and I, it was really important to both of us that we spend Christmas day in our house, um, with the people who live in our house with the mindset of looking forward. Like we decided that the first year we got married and we were hoping we were going to have kids someday. We weren't overly expecting to, but we were hoping that we would. And we wanted to set the expectation in place so that if, when, um, and then of course we had Rupert, when Rupert came along, we wanted to be able to spend Christmas day, um, have him wake up Christmas morning in our home, have him open presents Christmas morning in our home, and then spend the day as a family together, not, um, trekking him all over town or being expected to spend the night somewhere that was in our house so that he could wake up there Christmas morning and that kind of thing. So, um, that's what was really important to us. So we set aside Christmas Eve has always been a really big tradition in my family. We go over to, um, a grandparent's house Christmas Eve afternoon and do dinner and open presents and stuff there then. So we decided that boxing day would then be set aside, um, for doing a celebration with, uh, Robin's family that live close enough town wise, travel wise that we can easily go there. Like we can't travel out of province on boxing day usually, but, um, we set that time aside and that was what was working for us. But we really, now that Rupert's getting a little bit older, we're feeling very lucky this year. He doesn't necessarily understand what Easter is yet. So we can, um, just with the whole pandemic and thing going on and being asked to stay home, we can fairly easily scale back Easter uh, this year and it's not going to be that big a deal. Um, I am feeling for all of the parents out there who have older kids who are really expecting something, you know, to, to carry on as usual, who can't make that happen this year or are going to struggle to make that happen this year. You know, the last thing, if both parents are out of work that they are thinking about is trying to make Easter magical and trying to make that work. Um, part of me was really happy when I saw on the news the other day that um, governmental officials are, are announcing that the Easter Bunny is an essential service worker and will in fact be making the rounds this year. And part of me just thought, oh my goodness, people who were living paycheck to paycheck before the pandemic might not be able to afford to make Easter happen for their kids this year. And now the government has just told all of the children that the Easter Bunny will be coming and those parents have to be really struggling right now. And my heart goes out to them. I know there are several families locally that are putting together extra to give to those families. And I think that that's wonderful. Um, but yeah, so getting back on track here, um, refocusing effort on what we want our family traditions to look like, um, around not just the holidays, but, um, Robin grew up doing like a pizza and a movie night once a week. 
um, which he enjoyed. And I think is an awesome thing. I would love to do that with our family too. And we have off and on, depending on what Robin's work schedule looks like, it's difficult. Um, we chose to do it on Saturdays and some Saturdays he worked and then worked late or whatever. So it just didn't end up working out, but, um, it's something that we're wanting to put effort into making happen. And I, uh, growing up for me, um, we did, it was Sunday morning breakfast. My mom would, uh, make breakfast Sunday mornings, like bacon and eggs and toast and everyone sat at the breakfast table together. Um, and we just would all eat together and talk about our week and it was just really awesome. So I think that that's amazing. Um, that, that my parents had really crazy work schedules growing up. My mom usually had three to four jobs at a time. So we weren't always able to get the whole family together weeknights, but I know looking back, it must've been a really huge sacrifice for them to have Sunday mornings free and available all of the time, uh, to do breakfast with us. But as a kid, it was just like the one time in the week when everybody who lived in the house could kind of get together and eat a nice breakfast and just have really fun family time together. So just things like that, like what other, you know, things and like, do we want to do, um, traveling to a museum or something once a month or that kind of thing. So it's just, I want to get a better idea of what our family traditions are going to look like for Rupert growing up. And I also want to work on a more structured daily schedule for him. He's getting older now and he needs a little bit more structure in his day and a little bit more kind of focused playtime. Um, I've been working the last few weeks on days we've spent inside to kind of categorize and shuffle his toys around a little bit. I'd love to get to the point where we're rotating them in and out. And he has a couple of things that I call like his big toys. So things that make quite a bit of a mess or he needs some level of assistance to utilize. Um, and I just kind of want to work it out. So he has his toy bench um, where he has his toys organized. He can go get anytime he wants, but then have a section of the day where one of his like big toys gets taken out um, and played with and just have a bit more structure as far as that goes. And I've noticed that if you make it kind of visual, like if you have little cards you can put up on the wall or different like sticker charts and things like that, that the kids really kind of learn what's expected of them in their day. And it can actually significantly decrease temper tantrums, which is something that we're a little bit struggling with right now, just with um, his ability level. So him wanting to do things on his own that he's not necessarily ready for yet. Um, making him a little bit frustrated and also um, just around transitioning from one activity into another activity. So if he had more structure in his day and more okay from, you know, nine to 10, you get to kind of play on your own. And then at 10, we're gonna get out one of your big toys and do that for a little while. And then it'll be lunchtime and then nap time, like that kind of thing. If he had a bit more structure in his day, he would know um, that those transitions were coming and they would happen a little bit easier. Um, I saw something on Pinterest that I love and I will so do when he's a little bit older. Uh, somebody took like a, a wall clock, um, just a normal black and white wall clock and they took it apart and in the bottom section, starting when their kids got home from school at three 30, they colored on the clock different so like the pink was for them doing homework and then green was for playtime and then the blue was for dinner and then, you know, like they just went through different colors for like bath time and 
and then bedtime sort of a thing. So the kids, if even if they couldn't necessarily read the clock, they'd be able to look at it, see where the hand was and know, okay, this is what I'm doing right now, which I think is a fantastic idea, but we're a couple of years out from really being able to make something like that work. But I'm just, yeah, so I've started working on, working on a schedule for Rupert. I've got um, some cue cards that I found in with my art stuff um, in the closet and uh, I've been getting those out and just writing down the things that have to happen every day like meal times and hand washing teeth brushing um, bath time that kind of stuff and then in a different color I've been writing down the things that can happen in the day so just different activities like painting or coloring or um, sensory boxes outside time has become a daily thing for us but whether it's going for a walk or just playing in our backyard um, that kind of thing so um, and as we go into summer playing we have a little a small hard-sided plastic kiddie pool so we'll get that out and he'll have outside time or outside time in the pool maybe Um, just different things like that so that the things that happen every day will get kind of glued down in their spot in the daily schedule and then he can pick one or two of the activities or one or one or two of the big toys um, or like a dance party or something like that and insert it into the day kind of as we go along. So it'll give him more control over the day if I say, hey, do you want to have outside time at 10 o'clock or do you want to do a dance party at 10 o'clock or that kind of thing, right? Just for examples. And then he can choose what he wants and we can kind of structure his day. So I'm looking forward to getting that done so that... I can get it laminated and get it put up where he can see it um, and get some good kind of structure going on with his day. Um, And as he transitions out of nap time, I think that'll be helpful because we can structure into the day playing on his own time uh, so that I can still get chores and things like that done um, that I need to do on my own because he's not quite big enough to help yet. So um, I think that'll be really helpful. And I'm mentioning nap time because for the last two days, Rupert has not napped. Um, The first day we put him down for his nap like normal. Everything was fine for about five minutes. And then he just started like, he never fell asleep. And after a little while, I only, I don't like him being upset on his, like, you know, on his own. Um, So I will only let him be that level of upset for a very, very short amount of time to see if he settles. And then if not, we go in and get him and, say never mind so we were really fortunate that he made it to about quarter to seven (laughs) that night and then he went to bed and then yesterday same thing he just wasn't having any part of nap time so we just took him outside we played outside for probably three hours we robin uh put together quickly from some scrap wood we have a little bird feeder uh, and then rupert painted that which was so much fun um came in from that of course he had to have a bath because paint was everywhere which is which is good uh and um and then we were just kind of cuddling with him because he was just kids who don't when they skip their naps when they really shouldn't they have kind of a rough afternoon so he needed just some cuddle time and within about five minutes of cuddling with robin he fell asleep which is so bad because rupert needs to be awake for six hours between nap time and bedtime I learned this the hard way when he started not going to bed till after 10 p.m., which is not good because I like to be in bed before 10 p.m., so that was difficult for us, but uh, we just moved his nap time up. So typically, he goes down for a nap around 11.30, 
And then we wait, if he's not awake on his own, we wake him up at two o'clock and then he can go to bed um, at eight at the latest if needed. He's been waking up on his own around 1.30, which is fine because then he goes to bed at 7.30, which is great. Um, but he fell asleep at 3.15. So it was so bad. <laughs> but we let him sleep a little while. We, we let him sleep about 45 minutes on Robin. They cuddled together and Rupert slept and then we woke him up. So that's that. But anyway, so we're, we're trying to figure out what our life is going to look like without a nap. If he decides this week that he's done doing that, he's skipped the odd nap before, but not two days in a row. So we'll see what happens today. Actually, I left the boys inside. They're just uh, playing together and cuddling a little bit. So we'll see what happens if Rupert is going for a nap by the time I'm back in from talking to you here. or Maybe we'll have another napless day. I don't know. So that kind of finishes up the things that I've been wanting to work on this year. That's kind of my New Year's resolution habit changing um, list that I really wanted to to get done. So I uh, it's I try to keep it like a short list. I know some of them are more detailed and complex. And I'm going to see how I do with them this year and kind of see some of them I had an idea of how I wanted to tackle them, like the exercise one. And for some of them, um, it was a little bit more of a, I'd really love to do this by the end of the year, but I'm not quite sure how. Um, so I think I'm, well, I'm definitely going to be reviewing it probably you know, November, December, um, and just seeing what areas I had success in and what I figured out worked. And the nice thing about failing at something is you figure out how it doesn't work. So then you can make tweaks to it and move forward with it and see if you can do it a little bit better. So I'm actually looking really forward to getting to December, like November-ish, December-ish, and sitting down with the list again and coming back here and giving you an update on kind of how I did with those goals and where I'm going to take it for 2021 and just see what can be taken off the list and what I'm just going to tweak and leave on the list or if I'm going to add anything. So it should be good. Um, it gives me try to keep it more simple like previous years if I've I've had like one year I think I had 21 things my new year's resolution list (laughs) and when you get that many things they're just kind of impossible to like you can't do that many really you can't I think at the very most you should never have more than 12 because that gives you one thing to really focus on a month Um, and then hopefully after that month you've got it kind of going and you can just keep it rolling forward as you add something else in but you really don't want to get too much stuff on your list because it just sets you up for failure. So hopefully I'll find this a doable list without being super overwhelming. Um, and we'll see how it goes. I'll give you an update later on in the year. Um, so one thing that I'm struggling with um, is getting to bed on time. There's been a couple, the last couple nights we discovered that YouTube has the entire episode of several um my 600 pound life which airs on tlc um one of the things i'm sad about with not having cable is i love my 600 pound life um and finding out that youtube has the entire episode that you can just watch um unfortunately we've been staying up far later than we should uh watching my 600 pound life lately um so i need to get better at um I'm just so exhausted lately that I need to get better at just saying, you know what, we're just going to either watch something shorter or yeah, figure that out. So that bedtime is still happening at a reasonable hour and I'm still 
able to get eight hours of sleep before the alarm goes off in the morning kind of thing. So that's what I'm struggling with this week anyways. And three things I'm grateful for. Um, the last couple days, we've really gotten A, a lot of outside time, which I've liked, but B, we, we've been able to like take the whole family and suit up and go for a walk, just get out for a little bit and get some of Jaeger's energy burned off. Miniature pinchers have endless, endless energy. And uh, I think for the first couple of days, he was really happy that we were home. But I would say that the dog is definitely the one struggling the most <laughs> with the current pandemic. I do not know why, but he has been squirrely the last couple of weeks and he's been driving Robin and I bonkers. So I'm super happy um, that we've been able to get out for walks. Normally we can't really all go together because Rupert likes to walk, which is fantastic. Um, but it's of course a toddler walk. So Jaeger doesn't burn any energy doing that because it's a little slower than what he needs to burn some energy off. But um, Rupert has discovered that he does like riding in his stroller again. So since he's been able to do that, he walks the first little bit and then he wants to get in his stroller and then we can walk kind of at a more brisk pace to burn some of Jaeger's energy off. So it's been working fantastically well. I thought Rupert was just done with the stroller. Um, I want to say like six or seven months ago, he just started having a bit of a fit every time I tried to put him in. And I was like, all right, fine. We'll just do separate walks. Either Robin is at home um, with Rupert and I take Jaeger or Robin will take Jaeger or we'll take Rupert and leave Jaeger at home. So we just haven't been all walking together. So I'm grateful this week that we've been able to do that two days in a row. And I hope that it continues. Looking forward to doing that some more. Um, the second thing I'm grateful for is even more yard work getting done. Our yard looks like it's doubled in size. Every time we go out there, we're like, how did our yard get so big? But Robin did a lot of trimming, um, trimmed some of the branches off some of the trees that were getting overgrown, trimmed a couple of the little shrubberies, um, trimmed some things that were kind of overgrowing and covering the retaining wall along the side of our property. And just, yeah, it's been just crazy. There's an area of our yard where there's like six trees and I call it the forest just because they're kind of close together and it's usually really shady over there. But Rupert loves running around in there. And I don't blame him at all. But Robin went through a couple days ago and chopped down all of the like little tiny branches that grow kind of near the bottom of trees. Um, that, so just to make it easier for Rupert to run around in there and make it easier for Robin or I to get into there if we want to go in there with him. Or if he wants us to go in there with him, probably more importantly. Um, so super grateful that... Our yard work is just taken along and looking really fantastic. I'm super excited. Um, we're planning in the fall. Hopefully some of this pandemic stuff has been lifted by then and we're able to have family and friends and stuff over. But we're hoping to do like sometime, hopefully in October, like just a really big barbecue, have family and friends and a couple neighbors over and have a big bonfire, roast some marshmallows and just kind of celebrate the fact that we've all gotten through, you know, and that everything's kind of resuming life as usual. And as extra bonus, we can show off our beautiful backyard because it's really coming along. The third thing that I'm grateful for 
um, just before kind of they started asking everybody to stay home, um, my dad went with my mom to Costco and just got like a few staples stocked up on some items and they were really great and picked us up a bunch of stuff too. So we had Costco, um, hot dogs, the hot dog wieners that you actually get from their concession stand. So we had some of those in our freezer, which is amazing because we love them. Um, and we've been eyeballing them going, like, we really want to take those out and eat them, but we did not have hot dog buns. And we're supposed to be limiting how much we go to the store. So we're trying to not go as much as possible. We've actually done really well with uh, not going to the store. Um, so Robin's like, you know what? I'll look on Pinterest, see if I can find a good recipe for making buns. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, my thought was just to use our regular bread recipe and then just make it into bun shape. But Robin found an actual bun recipe and I don't want to make you jealous and I'm sorry if I do, but they are the best buns that I have ever had in my life. They're so amazing. The first look, when you made the batch, you made some of them into like the foot and a half long, however, the gigantic Costco hot dog wieners <laughs> needed for the buns. And he made the other half of the dough into hamburger buns and then he made homemade hamburgers the next day. So we got a, a, the barbecue used two days in a row hot dogs one day hamburgers the next and those are just the best every now and then when we were feeling fancy we would go to the grocery store and instead of buying like the 12 pack of wonder buns we would buy like the deli fancy buns from like the bakery area and I don't think we ever will ever again just because the ones he made at home were so good they were far superior to the kind we buy at the store and we had the added bonus of making them a little bit thinner so it wasn't quite as much bread, which is good if you're me and you're always trying to reduce kind of how many carbs and stuff you're eating. So those are the three things that I'm grateful for this week. And that's what I'm struggling with. And I must have talked seriously fast uh, because this episode is not nearly as long as I thought it was going to be. If I talk too fast, I apologize. I tend to when I get really excited I remember in high school, I used to have a speech, like the speeches you have to give, and I would time it all out at home, and it would meet like the five-minute time limit. Sometimes it would even be six or seven minutes of time that the teacher, you know, said five, and I always kind of overshot it because I knew the second I got into class, I'd be lucky if it was three minutes, <laughs> just because I tend to talk a little bit faster. I think, though, with podcasts, there's a way to slow them down. Um, I think you can have a talk at like three-quarter time or something like that so hopefully I did not um, speed talk through the episode and it's okay please let me know I'll, I'll try to be more mindful of how fast I'm talking in the future because I really thought I was going to be a little bit longer um, getting through when I was kind of writing everything out I was like oh this is more things than I was thinking last week so hopefully it's okay um I just want to say, like, a reminder from what I said kind of the tail end of last week's episode. Um, not right away, so it's not going to be the next episode that comes out. But I am going to be working on um, just a, another series, kind of, of, of the things that I wish I had known um, when I was a teenager and when I was in my 20s, uh, when I was in my 30s, and then things I wish I'd known before I got married or before I had kids. So if you have any like really important tips or things that you like to share with people who are kind of in that stage of life, I would love 
um, if you would send it to me and I'll include it in that episode, um, send it to itsgwinnable at gmail.com. Oh, sorry. I-T-S-G-U-I-N-A-B-L-E at gmail.com. I will get better at that. (laughs) And uh, I would just love to hear kind of what you have there. And if you have any um, things on your kind of New Year's resolution or habit changing list that you've been working on, um, if it's something different than kind of what we covered in this series, or even if it's something like same big picture, but you're taking different steps to kind of get there, I would really love to hear about it. So shoot me an email and let me know. Um, and then I'll definitely kind of, I'll be including a bunch of things, um, when we recover the topic at the end of the year, just to give kind of an update on, on where we're at and how, how we did with those things. So if you want kind of a long distance podcast accountability partner, um, shoot me an email of what is your plan and what you're doing, and then we'll check back and you can send me another email kind of at the end of the year. Uh, giving me an update on how you did and I'll include it in that podcast so let me know and in the meantime try to get outside and uh, enjoy some of the beautiful weather today I know Ontario has some snow today so I apologize if that's where you are and it's snowing and kind of sad but springtime weather is coming to all of Canada in the next couple of weeks so if it's not super gorgeous where you are today I have no doubt in my mind that it will be soon so just hang on Um, and if you're more here over on the west coast and it's hitting you now get out there and uh, enjoy it there's a bald eagle flying over um, the trees across the street from our house right now and I just love seeing them their nest must be nearby because I've seen them the last few days Uh, yesterday we saw three kind of all circling and flying at the same time and they're just so majestic and beautiful and you don't get to see things like that if you're not outdoors to see it so go outside and enjoy the fresh air and I'll meet you back here next time